Hello, welcome back. We've spent the last two episodes looking at leveraging your value proposition to attract more clients. And my next guest today is a really good example of that. She's founder and CEO of a non-profit organization, the Wells International Foundation, leveraging her unique gifts and experiences to make a difference in the world. And we're going to be talking empowerment principles and practices for entrepreneurship. Can't wait to share this with you. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. everyone and welcome. How are you all doing? I'm joined today by the wonderful Monique Y. Wells, founder and CEO of the Wells International Foundation. Dr. Monique is a visionary, a change maker and a steward of legacy and her journey is an incredible testimony to entrepreneurship, tenacity and benevolence. And from her career in veterinary pathology to running a travel business with her husband, from authoring multiple books to writing for high-end publications, from speaker and storyteller to mentor and mastermind facilitator, Monique is a consummate professional embracing and harnessing the power of education to change lives. She's combined her corporate experience, research experience, and passion for education and enlightenment under the umbrella of her U.S. nonprofit organization, the Wells International Foundation. A native of Texas and 29-year resident of Paris, France, Monique and I have shared our lifestyle experiences and our business adventures over the last half a year or so. And I was so taken with her whole journey. I really wanted to get Monique on the show here to talk about the whole mission behind her foundation And in particular, the focus on empowerment, women's empowerment in particular, but the principles apply across all genders, races and religions. And I'll let her explain her thoughts on all of that and draw on more of her story and insights. Right now, after that initial very brief little introduction to all that you do, let me say hello and welcome, Monique. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast. So great to have you here. I am so excited, Jay. Thank you for inviting me. I love podcasts and we've had just such a wonderful time getting to know each other, as you mentioned, over the past several months. And I'm just excited to be here and to be able to speak to your audience. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us and have a chat. I'd like to start our conversation where we might usually finish when talking about leverage, um, and that's the pursuit of life balance. Because I'll be honest, when I first met you and you were talking about the Wells International Foundation and everything you do and all the things that you've been involved in and continue to be involved in, and I've only scratched the surface in that that introduction, as I said, from a work-life balance point of view, I was thinking to myself, and I probably even said it out loud to you, when does this woman sleep? (laughs) Yes, that's a common comment. 
from people who learn about me and what I do. And um, I have to say that I do sleep <laughs> and I actually sleep quite well it's because I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good tired, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I really don't have I'm not waking up in the middle of the night with worries and things like that. You know, I go full out every day and I sleep well when I go to bed. I sleep well. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to digging into a little bit of some of those philosophies that drive you and and energy and things like that as well. And in the interview series that you did for the book promotion, talking about success with uh, Jack Panfield, I'm asking more about what you share in the book later. I know that he also had the same jaw-dropping reaction after hearing about your story and the foundation's work. And I'll put a link in the show notes to that video because I think it's a really nice way to kind of get to know, you know, the, the, the spread of things that you do. It's about 20 minutes or so. So I'll put that link in the show notes. But here's the question for you um, here, Monique. And I know it's a topic you speak on. How do you crack the code for life balance? Is it a kind of I'll sleep when I'm dead thing? Or is, <laughs> as I suspect, something more philosophical? <laughs> So definitely not sleep when I'm dead, because then you'll be dead sooner than later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So there's a lot that I can say about that. When I started out years ago doing what I called at that time, time management, which is a fallacy. Let me just make that clear. Um, One of the things that I developed as a tagline was that life balance well, productivity, okay, um, equals knowing what matters and getting it done, okay? And I think at that time, I think the book Doing What Matters um, was out and it was a big, you know, a big deal. And I was thinking, okay, really the the key to life balance is, and I don't even say work-life balance anymore. I say life balance because work is a part of your life. And I think you should just look at your life as an entire entity um, and work is a part of it. But the thing about doing what matters is that the emphasis is on the doing. And so people tend to feel that if they are doing things, then that's good and um you know, they should get pats on the back for just being in action. When the things that they're doing, they never really stop to think a lot about what they're doing. And so for me, bringing in knowing what matters is key. Before you ever do anything, you should understand why what you're getting ready to do matters or if it matters or how much it matters compared to something else that you could be doing. And So my focus was to look at the knowing what matters part. And when you ask what matters, then the next logical question is, who does it matter to? And if it doesn't matter to you, why are you doing it? A lot of people are doing things because other people think that they should or have mandated that they do it or whatever. When we're talking about entrepreneurship, as the entrepreneur, you are the driver. And you have to take responsibility for what you do every minute of every day. And so it is it is really important as an entrepreneur to understand what matters to you and why it matters. And does it really matter to you or is it something that you've been told should matter to you? And so you've just sort of taken that on. And I think 
I'll venture to say that the majority of people, especially people who are starting out in business, are not really focused on this. You know, it's a new venture and, oh God, you know, I've got to do all of these things and I don't really understand this, that or the other, but I've been told that, you know, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. And there's no sort of, they've already started to lose themselves in their business because they're not tuned into what really matters to them. I like that. I mean, you've come, you've come at the whole start with why, you know, Simon Sinek's um, classic from a, from a whole different angle. And I think because obviously a lot of what I do is around business planning. Um, I like the fact that, because we start with why it sounds like, yes, we had to the heart of it, but you still got to plan a business. You still got to plan for growth. Um, and, and so it gives a whole nother angle really to doing work that matters. Um, so no, I like, I like that. Thank you. That's amazing. Um, and I, you're right. We, you know, we don't often take the time to step back and kind of really think about these things. Something I ask usually later in, in, in my, um, discussions with, with guests is around how things have changed for COVID, but I think it's relevant to ask that now because what I'm sensing and a lot of people have commented on as well is that people have started to reevaluate what matters for themselves, for their life, for their business, for the people they serve. How do you feel that that's changed for you and for the people around you that you work with? Well, for me personally, COVID was an, an opportunity to just really step back and look at whether things I have been doing and, and, and what has mattered to me in the past has changed. I think that for a lot of people, COVID was really like ripping off the blinders and saying, oh my God, I've been pursuing things that really don't matter to me for years. I am happy to, to say that I took that hard look at myself and was pleased to find that I really didn't need to change track with regard to what matters. Mm. Um, I've been doing what matters to me for several years now. Um, and I actually had a, a very interesting point in time a, a few years ago when my work as veterinary pathologist and toxicologist, which was my primary for, the, for years and years and years, my primary um, profession, my primary professional activity that was decimated, my, my, that business was decimated with the recession of 2008, 2009. And I really was always wanting to, you know, just try to get back to that, get, get back to that. Well, I had an opportunity to get back to that. And um, I found out that it did not light me up anymore. Sure. It really didn't. Yeah. And it was a very, very important lesson to learn because I spent truly all of my life trying to achieve what I achieved with that business. And things were taken away from me through no fault of my own. Things were out of my control. You know, the recession was the recession. My, my client base went away, period. It, nothing to do with me. Um, I had a very successful business prior to that. But just this sort of, you know, remaking myself and then finally having an opportunity to say, oh, you know, now I can, I can go back um it was quite shocking 
to learn that I didn't care about that anymore. So it's kind of a forced stepping back, isn't it, in a way, when something like that happens, but seeing it as an opportunity. Um, I mean, I've, I've written about that in, in my book briefly as well, in terms of turning obstacles into opportunities, because what seems like a setback is actually a really good space to to think back. And I, I also remember in one of our conversations, and, and you, I know you talk about this in the chapter of, of the book I mentioned, you know, you sort of have to keep go back over time and time again and, and build something up again. And maintaining that kind of drive, that commitment comes back to you saying, you know, you kind of knew in your heart what, what it was that mattered to you. And I also recall distinctly, you said, I try to avoid any kind of push energy. And in fact, I, yeah. borrow, I, <laughs> I borrowed that philosophy um, quite a lot myself and with a number of clients now, um, because it's very powerful. Tell us what you mean by avoiding push energy. What does that look like in practice? And how do you see the benefits then in, in how you work? Well, I like to say that if something is going to happen, it's going to happen. It doesn't mean that you just sit back and do nothing, you know. Um, there is a way to go about getting things to happen that you want to have happen. And for me, it no longer involves pushing. It no longer involves feeling that you need to be in control. It no longer involves um, beating yourself up if something happens that's just not within your little plan. And I. I say little plan, you know, the plans could be huge, but in the greater scheme of things, anybody's plan is little, <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> truly. And so what I like to, to do and, and say and what I, I teach and what I um, share in, in masterminding is that from a space of knowing what matters, you decide you want to do X. So then you set an intention, I'm going to do X. You find out what is required, in quotes, to do X, knowing that, when this is a very important thing to know, that there is never one single way to accomplish anything. So you might have a way that you prefer, or you might have a way that you've been advised to, um, to do things to accomplish X, but just go forward understanding that to accomplish X, you could do it in any number of ways. You have decided on a way, but if this way is not going the way that you think it should, there is no need to try to push that way. You set an intention, you look at what the types of things you need to do to move forward. You take a step forward, you see what happens. Is it okay? Okay, let's take another step. Is that okay? Okay, we'll take another step. Not so okay. Something, something hasn't, something's not gelling, something's not, you know, I'm blocked, there's an obstacle. So when you're at the obstacle stage, do you push? Do you push on the obstacle? Do you try to go around the obstacle? Do you blow up the obstacle? You know, what do you do? For me, when you're at the obstacle stage, this is the ultimate time when we need to sit still, be quiet and say, all right, how am I feeling right now? Is what I want to do worth me beating my head against this obstacle? Or is there some other way that I can deal with it? So 
let's explore some other ways to get to X. This big boulder that's in the road right now may not be the only way. Maybe it's not the only way. Maybe I need to turn left and go 90 degrees, or maybe I need to take an angle, or maybe I just need to sit here for a while. An obstacle will go away by itself. We don't know, but the idea that mm, I got to do something, mm, I have to do it now, mm-hmm. mm, I've got to conquer this thing. For the most part, I find that that's not productive. And that's what I talk about. That's what I refer to when I say push energy. We set an intention, we step forward, we take action, but we also take action in a spirit of allowing. The obstacle could be there for a very good reason. And if we allow the obstacle to do what it's doing, we may find out something that's much, much better for us. Whether that's something be, maybe we don't really need to be on this road. Maybe we need to do go to Y instead of X. Or maybe this obstacle is here to help us get to X, but in a different way. And maybe the obstacle is there to just tell us we need to stop right now. Maybe X can still be our destination, but maybe not now, maybe next year. But we need to just be mindful every time we're taking a step forward and every time we uh, encounter an obstacle. What is that obstacle telling us? What is this? What does this mean in the greater scheme of things? Knowing that my plan to get to X may not be the best plan. Speaks very much to entrepreneurship in general. All of that, doesn't it? I mean, it's yes. put in a in a very different way in the in a in terms of energy, and I I love that. I mean, we talk about entrepreneurial skills, entrepreneurial resilience, entrepreneurial commitment and drive, um, but coming at it from a position of energy and intuition almost as well, isn't it? Is and I yeah. think it's for me. It's um, when I work with uh, entrepreneurs who have come out of the corporate world particularly or you know high achievers I know you call you use that word a lot as well mm-hmm. that it's kind of it feels like it ought to be in the job you know you push 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 you know get to the top and I think when you have got your own business you kind of take on that same mantle and it and it doesn't actually serve you in the entrepreneurial space when you have to be kind of open to ideas and I love that sense of like the obstacle might just go away on its own. I mean, come on. <laughs> it, and it's very true. I mean, I always use like the four D's when I'm talking to people, do, uh, do delay, delegate and delete. Yes. <laughs> so sometimes yes. delaying, um, acting on something can, can just be the, the right solution. But you have mm-hmm. to kind of give it time. I think the other thing that struck me about, you know, deciding that you want to do X, a lot of people sometimes struggle to find out, well, what is X for me? You know, yeah whether it's a midlife crisis kind of question or just generally mm-hmm. trying to find the niche for your business. You know, everyone's like wandering around saying, I don't know what my niche is. Um, you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, first decide what you want to do or else we can't help you, you know? Right. Um, so, so I love that. So um, tell me a little bit about the book, because I know there's five stages for high achieving women. I think that's the, is that the, the title of the, of the chapter? It's the five-step strategy that high-achieving women leaders use to negotiate life success on their own terms. Yeah, yeah. You've got a webinar on that as well, and I'll, I'll give you the I'll give, put the link to that in the in the show notes too, because that's what really struck me from the the webinar just just how much enlightenment that you you're giving to people through that. So talk me through a little bit about the the five stages. 
So um, stage one is be lazy. And that always like people just, their jaws drop, especially if you're an entrepreneur, it's like you can't be lazy and be an entrepreneur. You just can't. can't. Back to presenting Um, (laughs) or avoiding it. Right, right. But, But really what I mean by that is just give yourself time. Again, you don't have to push, push, push every day. There is no, particularly when you're an entrepreneur, um, there's nobody standing there at the end of the day saying, you're going to be docked in pay because you didn't get this done today. You, you may be saying that in your own mind or, you know, you can talk about inner voices and things uh, a little, in a little bit, but you are the only person that you have to answer to, particularly if you're a startup. And so just allow yourself the time and the space to just step back. You don't need to be doing things all day, every day. That is actually counterproductive. You need time to be able to think and not do. And so being lazy is just a a way to catch people's attention to say, yeah, you don't have to be on all the time. You don't have to be doing things all the time. You are the CEO of your own business when you are an entrepreneur and no CEO worth her salt is doing things all the time. There has to be time to think. There has to be time to look at what you've done, evaluate it. There has to be time to just sit. Otherwise, you just, you're always on the runway. You never get the 30,000 foot view. So also along the lines of, of what other people write around, around the difference between doing and being, having and feeling and those kind of things is just getting that in balance as well and giving yourself the space to be creative and strategic as well as productive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. Not in this context anyway. So I've got on my list, uh, be lazy, be utterly selfish. So I think that ties in with that. Uh, Cue time, quiet time Mm -hmm. that you mentioned. Intuition, you've touched on as well. And invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about how you bring this whole message um, to your, to new audiences, to your audiences, but also to new audiences, apart from being on a podcast like you are today. Because yes. um, the book Success, I mean, it is a, a tremendous success. It's, you know, it's with Jack Canfield, so he's got that audience. But what are you doing yourself? I mean, I know that you run particular programs and a number of different initiatives around this area. Tell me a little bit about what you do to bring your message out. Well, currently what I'm doing is offering a membership program to a master. um, Well, masterminding is a real like core element of this membership, Um, but it is a relaunch, if you will, of a women's group under the umbrella of the Wells International Foundation that is called the L-Cubed Alliance. And L-Cubed stands for lifestyle, legacy, and leading by example. And through L-Cubed, I am encouraging women leaders to really reflect on each one of these L's and how they all intertwine And having them look at what their sort of ideal life 
would be and what they're actually living now. Look at the gap between the two and then take some steps to bring those two things closer together. And I find that particularly for the women who I focus on, who are women leaders, and they are what I like to call only women. So they are frequently the only woman in their professional environment or the only woman in their personal network who has achieved her level of success. And so they really have no one who really gets them, who really understands from a place of experience what this woman leader is wanting to accomplish, um, what she has accomplished, how she accomplished it, what she went through to get there, what she um, is going to need to go through to get to the next step. So the L-Cubed Alliance is an organization for this demographic of women leaders who are largely only women and who really want to be a part of a group of women who understand what it takes to be alone and successful. And sometimes alone um, also comes with being lonely. It's not necessarily the same thing, but it can, being alone can come with or be accompanied by being lonely. And so this is a space for this particular demographic of woman and psychographic of woman to be in a space with like-minded women and commune. This is a place for support. It's a place for centering. So all of that knowing what matters um, is extremely important for the L-Cubed Alliance. And that's why we do masterminding. And that's why there's an element called Divinely Aligned You, which um, helps women just to really get in touch with their values and making making sure that those values are reflected in the things that they're doing every day, which goes back to knowing what matters. Brilliant. And wow. so <laughs> that's the kind of thing that really struck me when we first met was just like, no one's doing this. I mean, there's bits of it, you know, there's a lot of um that there are a lot of coaching and mentoring programs for women, particularly. Um but no one's really talked about it in this kind of way from, from what I know from my circles. And I'm also wondering, though, there's a lot of men that get into a lonely kind of circle. Sometimes they don't have a circle of friends who get what they're doing because um, they've perhaps moved beyond. They've grown beyond what's normal for their friend circles or family so I imagine although your membership and, and masterminds and, and communities for women, that a lot of what you share in, in the book and in the work that you do is, is also applicable to um, a lot of other people as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. One of the charter ambassadors for the L-Cubed Alliance um, told me just a couple of weeks ago that before she retired um, from a corporation, she was part of a group that was co-ed that did somewhat, not quite exactly what we're doing with the LQB Alliance membership program, but something similar. And she said that she was shocked that the men had exactly the same problems and exactly the same concerns as the women, but they deal with those things differently. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. And I'm working with a client at the moment who's actually works with men on these areas. And one of the difficulties that they find is actually recruiting to the program because the men don't want to put their hand up in the air and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Hey, I need to get in touch with my inner self and I need to have you know lazy time. And because and, I think that that push energy, that productivity drive is is probably more or even more a part of of, of what men um, feel they should you know back to that word they should be doing it's how they've been exactly. you know, a lot of men have been brought up and i was watching a very interesting program not so long ago about the men's rights movement which was oh. intriguing because of course with loads of focus on women's empowerment and women's rights over the years you know mm-hmm. and actually some of the men are thinking well what about our rights you know <laughs> you know we're on the back foot here now so it was really, it was really <laughs> interesting i was actually quite subscribed to some of those ideas when i thought well i hadn't really thought about it like that but i can see it from from both sides so i mean let's talk about the subject of empowerment specifically because it is a word that's used a lot nowadays isn't it in the personal and professional development space whether it's around leadership development specifically or more broadly in the context of human rights which the Black Lives Matter movement, for example, brought into very sharp focus. Um, unpack the empowerment agenda of the Wells International Foundation a bit for us, would you? Yes. So I think that all individuals, who, no matter who they are, no matter you know, male or female, no matter what age, no matter you know, what you do uh, professionally, everyone benefits from empowerment. I think that moving the world forward with regard to creating a more just and equitable society depends entirely upon everyone having the ability to speak and act and have the feel like they have the agency to do that with a very, very large caveat that you do that without intent to harm. There are so many people who have so much to offer the world, but they don't try because they they don't feel empowered. They don't feel that they have the right. They don't feel that they have the ability. They feel like if they step out, they're going to be swatted down. And that could be because they've been swatted down in the past or because they've been taught that this is just something because you are who you are. You know, you're in X demographic. You just this is just something you don't do. Um, We need every single gift that every single person in this world has to offer. And for me, that's what empowerment is. And we focus on the empowerment of women and people of African descent in the Wells International Foundation because, you know, in Marketing 101, they say you can't talk to everybody. If you talk to everybody, then you're talking to nobody. So we're just, (laughs) you know, we've just like taken a stand and said, okay. You know, I'm a, I'm a woman. I am a person of African descent. Um, I have certain experiences because of that. And so I'm going to focus on these demographics and I'm going to seek to empower these populations. And when I say women, I'm talking about women of all races. OK. And so the Wells International Foundation encompasses all of my personal and professional passions So we have six strategic focus areas. I'll talk about five of them. Um, The arts, which is we have a huge arts project going on right now. STEAM education. We have a STEAM initiative that has just launched on June 5th. 
um, that is really picking up steam. We call it yeah. We call it STEM in the in the UK. So just for listeners uh, who are from the UK, it's um, yeah, same thing. The yes, it is. It is STEM. It's actually STEM in the US too, except that we add the A for arts. So STEM plus the arts equals Got STEAM. You. Yeah. And and for years, there's been talk in the US of STEM to STEAM. Why do we need the A? Mm. You know and. Yeah. And so so we're doing that. Um, We do travel and study abroad. We do literacy. We do women's empowerment. So that's five of the six. The sixth is a very, very specific thing that is based on my um, veterinary pathology and toxicology work. And that's for developing nations. And we don't have any projects going on there right now, but we have we're active in all those other five areas. I remember the strategic foci um, and then there's, there's, there's the women's empowerment as a strategic focus. But for me, it felt that empowerment is golden threaded through pretty much everything you do. Everything. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So that seems it to is. be the common, the, the core concept of behind what you're doing. And you've just given us a lovely backdrop to, to all of that and why it's important. Um, and it's funny because in, in, in coaching, with business coaching, we often – um, and you see it in Facebook groups and all sorts of things where people said, you know, they talk about uh, imposter syndrome and stuff like that. But for a lot of people, it goes way deeper than just being, you know, bullied a bit at school, doesn't it? You know, yeah. it, it's uh, it, it's it's decades and decades and decades. And I think that's um, that's the kind of entrenched work that has to be done with with a lot of people is to is to equal the rights i mean that's essentially what we're what we're doing um so and you're doing that through coaching and mentoring and masterminding sharing and feeling that they're not alone in this which goes back to white right back to the uh, earlier point that there are others who have similar experiences and you can see it from different perspectives And we work together, Monique, on your program, The Successful Woman, Leadership and Legacy. And I know you're also, as you said, creating this membership around the L-Cubed Alliance. Um, Tell me a little bit, who's who's the program for um, women of and women of African descent? You mentioned. Um, But is there a particular type of person that would be totally right for, for this? Most definitely. Most definitely. So we are looking for women leaders, first and foremost. Leadership can be defined in a lot of ways. We're talking about high achieving women. We're talking about in in the corporate sense, we're talking about women who are C-suite and aspiring to become. It doesn't preclude people who are in middle management by any stretch of the imagination. But we're talking about women who are in the best position currently because of what they do to make the biggest ripple in the world. We're talking about, so for for entrepreneurs, we're talking about women who have successful entrepreneurial businesses. For women who are um, in public service, we're talking about women who are leaders in NGOs and who are government leaders and who are community leaders, okay? We are talking about women who are driven, so they have a burning fire, you know, they, they really know what they want to accomplish in life and they are they're out to get there they're out to do that we are talking about women who are passionate and compassionate love it 
Yes, we're talking about women who are not out to win at all costs. Okay, we're, we're talking about women who believe in what I define as a feminine brand of leadership, which is leadership through cooperation and collaboration. Awesome. So if that sounds like you, if that sounds like you, lovely listener, then this is something I think that's going to appeal. I love that. Um, It's just such an important program. And to get a group of, you know, women together to, what's the outcomes that they get from, you know, what what are some of the things that people have said that's shifted for them by going through this program? Well, for the successful woman, what we have people do is come to the table with a personal or a professional challenge and through the masterminding process and through uh, masterminding with these like-minded women who have maybe not experience in the same domain, but you know, in this same sort of realm of life, getting in touch with the inner self, what I like to call your inner wisdom, your inner genius, um, your inner guidance, opening up the channel between your head, your heart, and your gut. Because so many of the women who I've just described, these driven and compassionate women, are still not really in touch with the inner depth that are the true source of their strength and who, if they really tap into that true source of strength, will just, whatever they have already accomplished, they will accomplish a zillion times more. So these women come together with this personal or professional challenge that they have personally brought to the table through the masterminding session They get in touch with their inner selves, their inner wisdom, their inner genius. They make sure that whatever this challenge is, is something that they actually want to deal with. Because remember, we talked about earlier, knowing what matters. It may be that after this exercise, they're like, I don't care about that. I just realized I've been doing this for years. I've been pursuing this for years. And I really don't care. I don't mean to say that, you know, they've just been like walking around as another person. But what I'm trying to say is that what really, really lights them up and the energy that they are pouring forth, they can do that, pour that same energy into something that means something more to them. So sometimes it's like, you know, I am the best physician, but I really never wanted to go into medicine. I did that because my parents did and because it was expected of me. And so this is an opportunity to say, well, is there something else that I really want to do? And sometimes that's really, really scary. And this is the jumping off point to something that's like, oh my God, what have I done? But, <laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> I've opened up Pandora's box. And, and the exactly. cur- I mean, there's a, there's a question of courage in all of that as well, isn't exactly. there? And, and again, doing it in a group, um, having those revelations in a group um, somehow also gives you the, the sense that, of the courage and the support to to make some changes and that's exactly (laughs) exactly exactly and that is also a decision exactly that is also a decision and so and nobody's going to beat you up for it it's just you just need to be with you and say this is why I'm doing what I'm doing am I happy if I'm not happy can I live with it uh if if I really just can't live with it what am I going to do to change it Mm. um and and how quickly you know you don't have to throw everything out, baby out with bathwater and, you know, just, just be in touch with who you are and just 
take that one step, take that one step, stop. How does that feel? Take the next step, stop. How does that feel? Mm -hmm. And so the beauty of the L-Cube Alliance and what we did even with the successful woman is to assign an accountability partner for this, this journey that you have just decided that you're going to go on. And just check in with that person because that's the support element that so many of us also as only women do not have. So I was going to ask you around the power of strategic partnerships. And in fact, what you've just said is going on programs like this, you form some of those alliances. I guess that's, you know, the, the clues in the name. Um, uh, because I know that you're very hot on strategic partnerships. Um, and that's been a, I think, you know, we realized just how important that has been to your business. Absolutely. Um, and one of the things you were doing intuitively and, and naturally was by forming these and through empathy and, and leadership and compassion and all of those things, you, you know, you really walk the talk, which is what, you know, what I love about you. So what would you say is like the three most important things that you've learned about developing strategic partnerships for your business? Okay. Okay, so I think the first thing is that the partnerships need to be based on alignment, energetic alignment, and values-based alignment. There have been partnerships that I have entered into in the past because, quote-unquote, you need to work with this organization just because they have the big name and they have this and they have that. But if but they never go well. These mm -hmm. partnerships never go well because there's no alignment or very little alignment. There's not there's not the critical mass, if you will, of alignment. All right. There might be lip service around it, but if it's not true, um, they don't work. The second thing is once you have established alignment, you need to understand what each organization or group of organizations brings to the table and how each organization can benefit from the other and determine very clearly what the partnership is supposed to entail. Everyone needs to be aiming for the same thing. So there needs to be good um, communication about what each entity is bringing to the table and you know what the goal is or the mission is and how each organization is going to move that forward. And I guess the third thing would be on the road to achieving that goal or that mission, there has to be celebration built in so that people understand and appreciate and acknowledge every achievable milestone because that's what gives the energy to go forward to the next level. Everybody needs to be acknowledged. Even the tiniest thing, I feel, should be celebrated. How you celebrate that is, you know, you can, you can decide. Perhaps you're celebrating within your organization um, and not with the, you know, the entire partnership. But I think that the partnerships benefit from this mutual celebration. It ties you, it binds you together. It strengthens the energy that brought you together in the first place. It attracts people and other organizations to you that are going to help you along your path and grow even bigger and better. And so 
I think those would be the three, the three things that I would say. Awesome job. I mean, brilliant. I'm just going to summarize that. I mean, I've got alignment, the energy energetically and values, um, contribution and mutual benefits and celebration and appreciation. And it's a kind of virtuous circle is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So my, my punch question for you, Monique, okay. I'm asking all of my guests this, um, and maybe it follows from what you just highlighted, but if you had a superpower that you could use to create leverage in your business, what would you choose? Oh, God. Um, I think the ultimate power comes from, it comes from clarity. I think, yeah, because, because without clarity, you can't even know if you're aligned. I think that's what, that's what I would say. So you would shoot your little clarity laser gun <laughs> and then go in that direction. No, I, th- I, I love that one. I love that one because actually it takes people a long time, doesn't it, to get that clarity. And that's partly why, you know, we run our coaching programs and we run our masterminds is because people are searching for clarity so that they have the confidence to move forward so that, a number of different things that they kind of thought they could do or should do mm-hmm. become aligned, as you say. And I, I really love that. Um, that clarity comes from putting everything into perspective and, and coming at it from the right energy as takes mm-hmm. us back to, you know, life balances, you know, what is it, what is your X, you know, what is it that you mm-hmm. actually want to achieve and is going to make you fulfilled. So um, love that clarity. Yeah. Um, we've run out of time. I've got to believe it. How fast has gone? Before we wrap up, is there any parting wisdom that you want to leave our listeners with today? I think what I would say is just, you know, just take time to focus on you. You mentioned cue time before. Yeah. Cue time, quiet time quiet time to focus on you. Take time for that. Take time for that every day. Take time for that every week. Take time for that every month. Um, it doesn't have to be like five hours, you know, even if it's just the two hour, two, two minutes in the shower, if that's all you have. Take time to focus on you. Dive into your inner wisdom. Dive into your genius. Open that channel between your head, your heart, and your gut. And miracles will happen for you. I love that. And that's such an important part of building a leveraged business that we don't just do the, you know, leaning in, you know, the productive, you know, push, push stuff that we actually take time and and it's okay, you know, give ourselves permission to do that. And that goes back to you saying, you know, be lazy, be selfish, because that time is, is really where you hear as you say, the inner voice. And we we need to quieten the noise to to hear that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think in a way, women are slightly better at doing that um, or believing that that is valuable, should I say, than Mm -hmm. than men in in some ways. But uh, either way, I think it's a really important balance of of the doing and the being, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So I've got a lot of links to share things that we've mentioned, um, the book, the webinar, um, the free webinar that you can get, which will tell you a lot more about um, the program that Monique runs 
Um, and if you're interested to get in touch with her and have a have a one to one conversation. So money, where would be the best place that people can uh, do that? Would it be LinkedIn? Should they just um, go to your website? What's the best you can, you, route? The best the best thing for me, honestly, is to send me an email at wells at wellsinternationalfoundation.org. That's W-E-L-L-S at wellsinternationalfoundation.org. That's the best way to reach me. Cool. And um, we are, membership for the L-Cube Alliance is now open. We are planning to have our first event in October of this year. And I encourage you, if you are a driven, compassionate, and passionate woman leader, who may be only, reach out to me. Brilliant, brilliant. You've just given me exactly what I wanted in terms of that whole empowerment, that life balance side of it. Fantastic. Thank you. I've enjoyed this so much. You've got such a wealth of of ideas and insights and wisdom and to share. And so thank you for being with us today. It's just been awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. I have loved every minute of it. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So, hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.